Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we learn from those doing good in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the world, why they care, what we can do, and most importantly, what you can do. Pod for Good is produced and edited by Random Productions, which is me. So if you like how we sound or thinking about starting a podcast, reach out to me. I'm easy to find. I have like 12 different email addresses. Pod for Good can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. If you enjoy what we do here or are related to us in some way, please make sure to subscribe and share this episode on social media. I am your chief philanthropod and class clown for justice 2.1, Jesse Ulrich. And I am your vice admiral philanthropod and class clown for justice du jour, Chris Miller. Nice. In this episode, we are talking with Chase Mowry, Manager, Organizational Giving and Business Partnerships at the United Way. We talked to Chase about how the Tulsa Area United Way serves the community, how they support innovation and collaboration in the nonprofit space, and there's a brief love fest all about me. Enjoy. We are very excited to have Chase on Pod for Good today. Chase, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good today. My Packers won yesterday, so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, not, not only did your Packers win, they beat their, I don't know if it's their most hated rival, but it's just the rival they like to beat the most, I feel like. So. It's certainly his, it's a historical rival, but I think for a rival, you have to be competitive and the Bears <laughs> aren't. So I'm not sure we can actually call that a rivalry. <laughs> oh, take that, Bears. Um, <laughs> I, I was mostly just constantly watching highlights of that Kansas City, uh, not Kansas City, uh, Arizona Raiders game that was nuts. Um, anyway, you don't see an NFL team have to go for two two-point conversions in like a five-minute span. So, yeah. And they did. Anyway, yeah. football. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Pod for Football. <laughs> or foot, foot for Ball. There we go. Nailed it. Uh, there, um, there, yeah. And uh, on our continuing mission to slowly have everyone in my Thrive class on Pod for Good, uh, I think we're now, we've got two off the list now. Um, Chase, uh, so Chase works, for our listeners, Chase works at the United Way. You've probably heard of it. And last Friday, we were recording this on the September 19th, was uh, the United Way Day of Caring, which is, is Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the kickoff to the United Way campaign? Yeah, it used to be the kickoff. Of course, as most other things, the pandemic kind of changed up how we do that. But it generally had been considered the uh, the quote unquote official start to the United Way campaign um, for the day of caring. But that's it's really changed up. Our official kickoff these last two years have actually been what we call the Downtown Deco Challenge. Price Family Properties offers up uh, $100 for every individual who comes downtown, walks through a main arch, uh, all the way up to $100,000. So that's a nice way to get this community campaign a moving. And dogs count. And dogs count, my, yes. My dog, was, my dog was worth $100 on that Saturday, so. That's right. I, I so, believe last, yeah. I think last year, we, Chris and I rode our bikes through the thing because it was like a bike-centric uh, thing last year that was fun. Um, I think we yeah, went to a boxing class and then biked from our boxing class to the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what an easy, what an easy way to help your community out by giving a hundred dollars walking through an arch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you to my former landlords, uh, the Price Price Family Properties. Uh, <laughs> miss y'all. Um. Yeah. So, so Chase, like. You know, a lot of our audience are nonprofit, nonprofit related individuals or people who are um, volunteers. But I feel like we should educate people on how sort of the United Way operates here in town. Can you give us sort of like a just a very quick overview of like the United Way's role in Tulsa? Yeah, I typically like to start with uh, we unite people and resources to improve lives and strengthen our communities. That's our mission statement. It's kind of a broad mission statement though so when you're thinking about the Tulsa area United Way um, I'm almost gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try this storyline from almost a historical sense I'm sure you guys have both played Monopoly mm -hmm. that little community chess box on a Monopoly that 
phrase community chest is actually the genesis of what is now the Tulsa Area United Way. There's a group of businessmen who had gotten together and decided, hey, what if we pool our funds together, review some specific nonprofits that we know are part of the community need, and then put that money in the appropriate uh, organization and the appropriate services. And that's kind of where we started in 1924. And that's really what we're doing here in 2022 is having a very thorough uh, vetting and stewardship process uh, of the community's money to put it in high quality nonprofit organizations. So um, I feel like uh, I'm going to jump around just because I feel like certain things are going to be interesting after we've heard other pieces, right? So the United Way, I know, gives money to lots of different nonprofits. Is there a a limit to which, the, you know, like an organization can't depend on United Way funding entirely, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we do have some limitations on how we allocate our funds. Uh, so there's 59, there's three different funding streams within the United Way. Uh, there are sustainability funding stream, our collaboration funding stream, and then our innovation grant funding stream. For this chunk of the conversation, I'm primarily going to be talking about our sustainability funding streams, which are those 59 partner agencies. Uh, you've probably heard it, or most folks have probably heard it called the Human Capital Social, Social Safety Net. Those 59 partner agencies, um, we have a limit on our allocation to them. It can't be more than 25% of their budget, uh, of their whole operating budget is all the United Way would give up to any specific partner agency. So you mentioned the um, innovation grants, which are one of my favorite of the of what the United Way does, um, just because it uh, it's a funding stream that many organizations uh, that allows many organizations and programs to find funding that likely wouldn't otherwise. And there have been some interesting success stories that come out of that. So, can you talk about the innovation grants, how they work, and uh, what some of your maybe favorite success stories from that program? Yeah, absolutely. The innovation grants really fun. Uh, it's really, it's one year seed funding. So it can be any 501c3 in um, the community and really the Tulsa area's service region, which is uh, Tulsa Creek, Rogers, Osage, Oak Mulgee, and Wagner counties. And that innovation grant uh, uh, organization can come to us each year in the fall uh, and do really a Shark Tank style pitch. They pitch an idea, they pitch a program, they pitch um, a service that isn't currently being implemented in Tulsa. And a group of volunteers listens to the pitch and determines anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000. And I think there's some of those ideas have been the greatest ideas in town. There's a lot of really cool ones. You might be familiar with. Um, CRT, which is the crisis response team. Crisis response team is uh, mental health associates who are actually stationed at 911 call stations um, so that they can respond to mental health emergencies rather than having an individual such as a police officer or a firefighter who aren't fully equipped um, just in their training to deal with a mental health case. CRT was an innovation grant that we've then now moved into other funding streams uh, because of its success. T-Town Tacos is another cool one. They, they started as an innovation grant as well, right? Absolutely. Out of uh, Youth Services of Tulsa there, T-Town Tacos, for many listeners, are probably super familiar with Youth Services of Tulsa, but a large number of their clients are um, homeless or couch surfing uh, teenagers, teenagers experiencing homelessness. And they realize while they were able to kind of get many of these youth on their feet, they weren't able to uh, provide the necessary kind of career training or even finance learning um, that was necessary. So they came up with the idea of uh, having their own little food truck, the T-Town Tacos. And uh, that's that was probably seven or eight years ago that that idea came out and it's still going strong today. In fact, if you came to the Downtown Deco kickoff on August 20th, they were there giving out their giving out their tacos. And there were some good tacos. And they're, yeah, they're darn good tacos. Yeah. I always, sometimes, uh, when I'm, um, if I'm biking into work, I'll have to, to bike around them because they, uh, a lot of them will, will actually bike their little taco carts in to, uh, set up on a corner to sell their tacos in the mornings. 
Yeah, you could see, especially if you're downtown, you can see them out and about every, uh, in the mornings. I was, tr- truth be told, I'm a, I'm a little sad because the pandemic brought them away from um, Tulsa. They used to be right outside our Tulsa Area United Way offices every Thursday, and that was an easy breakfast for me, but they've, they've changed their route, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Chase, how long have you worked for the United Way? I have worked for the United Way for this will be my fifth campaign. You'll see we don't really do years here at the United Way. We do campaigns. Uh, I'll be going into my fifth campaign here. But my entire my entire career has been in a United Way with a United Way partner agency. I did uh, City Year, which is an AmeriCorps program working in education for a year and then moved into Big Brothers Big Sisters of Oklahoma which is a longtime partner agency, the Tulsa Area United Way. And then I came and then I convinced them to hire me here. I tricked them. <laughs> so instead so, of taking yeah. money from them, you want to get, get money for them. That, that was the switch. Yeah. That's right. Well, and it is really cool. I mean, I think nonprofits, uh, I, don't, I don't know from experience. I've not really worked in nonprofits in other cities, but the nonprofit ecosystem, as you guys know, here in Tulsa, it's just so, so unique, interconnected and collaborative. Uh, and I, I like to think that Tulsa Area United Way is a, is a big part of that. Um, I was actually talking to an individual who works for one of our partner agencies, uh, brand new to town, and she was just raving about how the Tulsa Area United Way has done such a great job of truly being a partner organization to the nonprofits, uh, not just an organization that's kind of outside of this nonprofit sector. That that brings up an interesting point because a lot of people think of United Way as, okay, there are pledges that go to them and then they provide funding. But United Way provides uh, quite a bit of additional support. I guess you could call it non-monetary support to organizations as well. What are some of the those services and support that they offer? Yeah, just as a as a broad based statement, um, kind of like I referenced, our community investments team truly sees itself uh, as a partner in tandem with uh, helping to identify what the strengths or uh, potential weaknesses of an organization might be to to really move those organizations in a way that produces the outcomes that the community needs. Um, so there's there's that and. I, I almost hesitate to say that maybe it's a consultative role. It's very much the community provide. Chris, you've been on the community investment panels, the community providing feedback uh, of what they've seen of these partner agencies and then using the staff here at the United Way as kind of a conduit to have those conversations with the various partner agencies. So that's one kind of broader way in a truly, uh, in a, in a very kind of manifested way, we have, and this is just one of the ways that we're able to assist, we have an organization called NTEC. And NTEC is three uh, individuals here on our staff that actually do most of the IT uh, and technical, whether that be hardware or software work for 39 of our 59 partner agencies. So there's just, those three individuals are such a cost-saving measure when you think through the uh, the needs of a business, a nonprofit organization business, that that cost saving measure can go a real long way. So, I serve on a board for an organization that is not a United Way partner, and every year we have to have the same conversation in our board meetings about can we have fundraising events during the United Way campaign? And I'm always like, yeah, yeah. like. The United Way and its partners make a pact not to try to double dip during this time period. But if you're not part of that, like it's okay to do that. But everyone's, it's weird that everyone's like afraid to look like they're camp, they're fundraising during um, the United Way campaign, even if they are not themselves a United Way organization. Uh, how to tackle that, Jesse? Um, yeah, <laughs> not tackle. <laughs> tackle tackles the wrong word. Um, <laughs> So, so you are correct. So that is what we call our, our blackout period here. But that is for our partner agencies, uh, as you referenced, kind of, and maybe double dip is the, maybe not the word I would use, but um, it is, it's a testament to the community backing up um, this organization that is, you know, truly the community's money, the stewards of the community's money into the nonprofit realm. 
So I think there, there's that piece. Uh, of course, it is part of our kind of partnership agreement for our partner agencies not to uh, fundraise during that time. As for other nonprofits, um, I can't speak for them, but I'd like to say that's just a uh, a, sh- a, sh- uh, a showing of um, the trust that the community has in the United Way. One, I heard one person tell us that the United Way is kind of like the Better Business Bureau for nonprofits. I'm not sure that, that I'm going to go that far, but uh, <laughs> uh, it shows even the other nonprofits know the the importance of the 59 partner agencies and those organizations that are um, part of the United Way family. Yeah, and like I, I wasn't asking or saying that as like an attack on the United Way. I just I'm I'm also like involved. I'm involved with organizations that are both United Way partners and not United Way partners for a multitude of different reasons. And it's always just like, um, it, it's it's almost like there's there's a worry because a lot of people who are on boards are on multiple boards, and so everyone has sort of trained themselves as <laughs> board members not to fundraise during this time period. I'm like, but we don't get any money from the United Way. Like, it's okay. Like, I get it. But like, you know, let's take this opportunity since we only have one competitor from, you know, September to whenever. Is it September to November? When is it? Typically September to November. Dates. Yep. <laughs> uh, September 5th. Yeah. Usually, um, right. usually we do about August 15th to November 15th for what we consider our blackout period. Yeah. Um, don't, don't quote me on that. It's a little outside of my realm of expertise, but it is around those time periods. Um, and I also want to, I want to caveat my own statement there, Jesse, and say, in no way, shape or form did I want to put out a, a worldview that, you know, there's an inside outside of the United Way family. Um, but within the partner agencies, or if there's just because you're a partner agency of the United Way, that that somehow makes you a kind of quote unquote better nonprofit. Yeah. It's just no, not I, how the process I mean, works. That's not how the process works. Yeah. Like, no. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the one, uh, Chris's dog is making a lot of noise right now. Um, like, you know, it's, it's an organization we're, like we're all familiar with. It's a uh, James Inc. Right. It's not a United Way partner. And I, I think that's because of the very specific nature of what they do. And, you know, I'm always like, it's okay. Like if, if the United Way wants to give us money, great. If not, like we can, you know, we can have an event on October, you know, on a weekend in October and not worry that it's going to be a strike against us. Um, you know, but like, it's, I, it's like, so, you know, and we talked about this before we started recording, but give us the reason why you think someone, if someone cares about a certain cause or about a certain organization, they should give their money to the United Way and not necessarily directly to said organization. Yeah, there's, I think there's plenty of reasons. And I think one that is, I don't want to say lowest common denominator, but one I think that touches so many people. It's truly, uh, it's truly your best choice of making the largest impact across an entire gamut of social ills um, with one directed gift. And so what I mean by that is, um, one kind of quote unquote nonprofit purchase, if you will, a donation um, can hit the most, uh, can make the most difference by touching more lives because of the scope of the services provided by the United Way and the partner agencies. And uh, from my perspective, being on some of the community investment panels and seeing from that side of things, um, before that, even as someone who had served on boards, volunteered, been in, involved with organizations, I thought I knew how to kind of understand um, which nonprofits I should donate to, where are the best opportunities, who's doing the most. And then going through that process, I realized how little I really knew. And we do have a habit of, as humans, forming an emotional attachment to an organization rather than a cause. And so we may say, oh, I'm going to give my money to this organization because they're tackling, you know, teen pregnancy. Whereas giving to the United Way, your money can go to not only multiple organizations potentially tackling the same cause, but also collaborations that are tackling that same cause and can magnify effort more than you giving to one specific organization. I'll also add, you should do both. 
but <laughs> that's just me. You should give to that organization that's meaningful to you. You absolutely should. Yeah. And also give to the United Way because they can magnify your impact even more. Yeah, you're you're so you you took both my uh, comments back on that. So the one the word I love that you use the word magnify because I think it's just I was an English major, so it kind of breaks it down. But you do you get to magnify your impact uh, when you think about donating to the United Way. But you're also magnifying that money. You're stretching that dollar when you give to the United Way, whether that's through some of the matching opportunities that the United Way has. Um, or just generally, as I kind of referenced already, some of those cost-saving measures uh, that happen. So it really is that magnifying effect uh, on from a financial side, but it's also that magnifying effect of uh, magnifying the work of the agencies and uh, the services that they provide. People can get a really close, in-depth look at those organizations, and so it's magnified in that way as well. So um, in your role, you f- you are a um, partner with um, uh, on campaigns with organizations that are running their own campaigns. So can you talk a little bit about that side of things? How that how those ca- uh, company campaigns work and and your role in that? Yeah, well, I always like to kind of tell people I, my part, my title is uh, manager organizational giving and business partnerships. Um, but I always kind of tell people in the for-profit world, I'm, I'm similar to a, a kind of almost an inside, um, you know, member relations individual, uh, inside kind of sales manager, if you will, account manager. So what that looks like, it's actually, here's, here's one of my favorite things about uh, working for the United Way. Not so much the mission of the United Way, but my job, what I get to do is the creativity of companies who put on... Uh, fundraising campaigns every year to see how uh, unique they can make their campaign, putting that theme in, creating that uh, corporate social responsibility for their employees, building that morale, and just the uniqueness of how people put those their campaigns on is is incredible. I don't Speaking think that, I answered your. I don't think seen, I answered. No, your that's question. fine. <laughs> have you seen our video? Have you seen our video we did for our um, our, our theme this year is a cooking themed. So we did a chop themed video that's that's pretty good. I have it. Julie and I were sharing uh, a video from my time at Big Brothers Big Sisters, and she was supposed to share over. So Julie, if you listen to that, I, I want to see the chop video. <laughs> okay. If she doesn't, I'll send it over. Yeah, send it over. I want to see it. She's she. We talked about it. It seemed to go over pretty re- really well. So uh, back to okay. So we talked a little bit about your role. So then, is part of your role actually? finding new partners or is your role helping maintain the existing partnerships? Just like donating to your favorite nonprofit and the United Way, it's both and. It's, it's both. It's both <laughs> and. So um, yeah, in truth, me and three other uh, individuals on our team, or the account managers, uh, we are hosting, there's about 900 different sites that run a United Way campaign. And so all of those different organizations and sites are... Um, dispersed out amongst us four account managers. And so our job is to work with them, work with that company, liaison with that company, uh, so that they have all the materials necessary to put on the best campaign possible uh, for kind of their culture and their company milieu, as well as um, as the need grows, as the community investment panels and teams come um, with a number that increases, because we all, I mean, Golly, we all know that prices increase. And so as that gets bigger, we're always looking for new companies and new organizations who uh, want to join the United Way family, become a partner business with us, uh, and implement one of those cool, fun fundraising campaigns uh, Mm -hmm. within their company. I I always thought it was super impressive that, you know, obviously we always think of, especially the big corporations, but all kinds of different for-profits. But how many nonprofits, including partner agencies, run their own campaigns and contribute back that their employees contribute back to the United Way? It's incredible, Chris. Uh, this statistic is mind boggling for me. Uh, last year, the nonprofit organizations, so the organizations that are 501c3s and run a United Way campaign, I can't tell you off the top of my head how many there are, um, raised over a million dollars themselves 
the people out there doing the work, engaging in their clientele, nonprofit employees. And so we all mm-hmm. know what that means when, you're, yeah. when your paycheck comes down. The, as my yeah. friend says, we're a nonprofit, which means we ain't got no money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess you can't uh, contribute a percentage of your passion back to the United Way, but uh, no, because you're already giving all that passion to your nonprofit job that isn't paying you enough. So <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> you can't you can, you can't double dip on funds, and you can't double dip on passion. <laughs> <laughs> is there something that you would like the United Way to do better than it is currently doing? That's a great. That's a great question. You know, we have, um, we got to put this in the framework of I, of what my role is and what my job is, which is I'm a fundraiser. There are, I think we are moving in a way in terms of the actual service that the United Way is able to provide. As we talk about day of caring, 2,400 volunteers out there helping out, getting connected. That's what we do, right? We connect people and resources and um, some of the technological shifts that we've made in our volunteer database uh, is, is really improving. Our NTech team that I mentioned earlier is really improving uh, and providing just absolutely necessary services. So from kind of the service standpoint of, of the United Way, you know, stewarding that trusted volunteer-led process, I'm not sure I have too much that I could uh, comment on that piece. What I would say from a fundraising standpoint for us is um, identifying the the what I might say that is the cleanest way to put on a United Way campaign. And what I mean by that is people are busy. People are, uh, uh, there's a lot of, lot of spinning dishes in the air, and particularly now within the current uh, workforce where there might've been a lot of turnover. A lot of the folks who put on United Way campaigns at companies are, um, you know, that individual at the company that has two or three additional roles. And so I think one of the things that we could do better is really ramping up our technological output. And we've done really well on that since 2020, um, but really shoring up a platform that makes giving to the United Way extremely easy. Related to that, I know that you're, you have um, uh, built out your um, data collection and analysis team. Is that some? And I know I because I, I know you share the um, sort of the the state of the community reports every year, stuff like that. Um, does that team is does is it able to provide some support to nonprofits as well? Because I know a lot of them are trying to build out that capability themselves. So that's actually really that's really cool. So a little backstory on that: we have brought on uh, an individual who is highly, highly proficient in data gathering, data storage, and data compiling. A lot of the initial motivation within that, I believe, was so that we could prepare and prep our community investment panel and volunteers to make data-driven, highly informed funding decisions for the community. So we bring the data in, it stores some of that data to showcase uh, what are some of the higher needs in our community so that when the volunteers come together to make a decision, okay, this allocation for partner agency XYZ needs to be increased a little bit because the data says XYZ over here. So that was the original intention there. Um, but I tell you what, Brent Sadler, who's our um, chief community investments officer is a very smart man. And so I'm, I can only anticipate that the uh, use of that data and um, the plans for that data far exceeds my, my understanding as, uh, as where I sit in the organization. How about that? So let's bring up a topic that I know Chris and I both like to yell about, which is does, does United Way also have to deal with uh, raising funds how to phrase this? I'm talking about the uh, the overhead problem with no- with nonprofits, which is that nonprofits need to pay people, their employees, uh, decent salaries, but a lot of funders view that as overhead or money not going to the cause itself. Yeah, we get that question quite regularly, probably um, once a week. 
<laughs> when you're out on the campaign trail, <laughs> or at least somebody's somebody's or somebody's somebody might be thinking it, which is which is perfectly fine. So what I would say uh, is one, all of our just as we just as we encourage our partner agencies to do, because uh, we know that it's a you know standard of excellence for a nonprofit organization. We are transparent with all our financials. You can go on tauw.org, scroll down to the bottom of the page. There is a word there that is financials. If you click on that, you'll be able to see uh, not just our annual report, but our uh, Form 990, which is the report that we have to file to the uh, government. So um, we're transparent with where the money goes and how it goes out. And I think most people who have that kind of, I don't maybe fear is the wrong word, but um, kind of that 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 sense of foreboding about an organization's overhead and not going to partner agencies and services. If you, you want to walk through one of those financials with me, I'm, I'm happy to. Cause I, I, I think, I think once you see that, once you see the actual numbers and where the, where the money's going, which you can through those um, documents, you, you'd be surprised at how much the United way, how much our partner agencies, how much the nonprofits in this town are doing with so little. Yeah. And, um, and Chris, Chris and I know that, and our listeners of this podcast know that, uh, what I wish I, what I wish is that the people with large, large pockets in this town, or actually not even Tulsa, Tulsa has this Mm -hmm. problem less than other cities that I've worked in. I think to your point in Tulsa, it seems a lot of the more sophisticated funders have learned that if you want a successful organization, you have to hire professional people to run them and professional people. I mean, you have to to pay them well enough to keep them around, right? Um, an organization can only survive so long on a founder's passion before you need to bring in professional support for those organizations. And, you know, I think the argument that those people are overhead and not a part of the lifeblood of the programs in that organization, I think is wrong as well. I mean, more and more organizations are understanding how to allocate pieces of those individuals directly to the programs they support because they're not overhead. They are part of the services that are being offered. Those services would not be offered without those, those people, those individuals. I, I, w- I wish there was, you know, like in a tech startup, right? Uh, you might make less money at the beginning, but you will like if it succeeds, you will get stock options from the successful company that you worked hard for. There is no stock options <laughs> for, no, non-profits. For, non, for nonprofits because a lot of nonprofits are startups. They're just yeah. nonprofit startups and those have different funding issues and different financial incentives. And by mm-hmm. different, I mean no financial incentives <laughs> to, work for, to work for nothing yeah. for yeah. longer than a year or two. Uh, w- one person once told me that you know, a, a nonprofit exists because nobody could find a capitalistic endeavor to to fulfill that need right there's Mm. there wasn't a way to make money within a capitalistic uh, system and therefore the nonprofit had to exist to provide that service to provide that opportunity for folks that's an interesting way to put it like yeah there's there's no way to make money and cure you know end homelessness at the same time right Right. Unless somebody there, wanted to buy all those people homes, yeah, and that I, I don't think you're going to make money on that. No, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. I guess yeah. I guess if, if you if you charge them all a very small amount, yeah, it only works if you already have a lot of money. Like you're right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's honestly, I don't know why I've never connected those two things before. Uh, yeah, I probably have, and then just got depressed thinking about it, so I stopped. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but speaking of homeless. Uh, Away Home for Tulsa, that's, a, that's one of the collaboration recipients, right, for the United Way? Yes, that's, yes. Away Home for Tulsa is one of our collaborations recipients. You can see I'm pulling out my little brochure here. I don't know why I know the story, but uh, it's always fun to have it, my prop. Yeah. Even if this is a yeah. podcast, I want to pull my prop out. L- listeners, we are seeing a prop, and I, wanna, I just want to clap. I want to give applause to Chris for that's what happens after three years of this. That's a professional level transition. <laughs> Uh, I'm <laughs> immensely impressed. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, so that was great. Yeah, yeah so I mean, with that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
with that, it is. It's a yeah. So it's one of our collaborations, which we talked about the sustainability funding stream. Those are that. That's the fifty nine partner agencies. And then you have our innovation grant funding stream, which is Jesse, you kind of referenced there. You know, some of them are straight startup nonprofits and they come to us. And if you watch our campaign video, you'll see that with uh, the Be Heard movement. But Away Home for Tulsa is one of our uh, great collaborations working within homelessness. And so what the collaborations do uh, and kind of how the United Way plays in with these collaborations is there's a what's called a backbone agency. And uh, we pay we kind of allocate funds to that backbone agency for them to be almost a ringleader or a shepherd of all these different organizations that might be working within one societal ill. So away home for Tulsa, you take homelessness and you're talking John three, they don't have to be a partner agency to, you know, benefit from the collaboration. In fact, it's better if they're not, the more folks, the more hands moving the needle on this issue is better. So, you know, John three sixteen mission, Tulsa day center, salvation army, iron gate, you know, fill in the blank mental health association of Oklahoma all come together underneath a way home for Tulsa to have very similar conversations about the homelessness issue uh, in Tulsa. They use similar data metrics so that they can really move the needle on um, this problem of social uh, homelessness. They're not over duplicating services. They're making sure that, you know, the money is being put in the right spot. And there's not, um, it's not weighted in one form of service or the other. And they all use a home first, kind of a home first housing model. So um, it's truly working arm in arm with each person's specific kind of subject knowledge, um, but bringing them together, you have just much faster of a, of a response to the, to the problem. Well, and a lot of these collaborations bring in like city and and um, for-profit entities as well, right? Yeah, yep, yep. The city would be within um, the Way Home for Tulsa Center for Housing Solutions, as well as some of the other economic um, kind of departments of the city of Tulsa uh, to bring in, yeah, private for, you know, private for-profit foundations, uh, nonprofits, and governmental agencies can all come together within that collaboration realm uh, to really try to again just tackling the problem, uh, moving the needle, and not it's not just it's not just service at a time for one individual. It's kind of more of a macro look at what's happening in our community. This might be out of the out of the realm of the work you do at the United Way, but in your experience, does, does the United Way take occasionally the role of trying to break down silos between nonprofits that are working around a similar idea and being like, hey, how about you all get in a room and let's all like use our resources as, as efficiently as possible? I, uh, uh, how about I use this? What about convener? We, we, I think we, that might be a role that we have, frankly, out of necessity sometimes have had to take. Um, if you think back to, uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way, if you think back to the teacher walkout, for instance, and uh, what 2018, 2019, it was, it came to light. It came to attention of, you know, smart people working in nonprofit that many of these children are not going to be fed. Um, and so where the United Way is able to come to is, is that connecting people and resources piece of our mission. Yeah. I, I just want to add that with the community investment panels, in my experience, especially um, because the panels, they split up organizations in those different panels. And sometimes it's similar organizations together. So I've had the opportunity to talk to some of those agencies about how they collaborate. And one of the things that you do, we do look at is look at the programs they do and try to analyze whether there's somebody else doing something similar or if there are opportunities for them to work together with another organization. And obviously, that's all done with a lot of support from the United Way itself. But it's another opportunity to try to create, help create those uh, connections and bring some of those groups together. And um, with some of the groups, like I said, that I've worked with, they have come together where they have embedded employees from one nonprofit in another nonprofit to improve the services that they offer. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And I would I would put 
um, there's one phrase in there that I'm, I'm trying to convince people to, to rethink through. You said, with the help of the United Way. It's the help of you all on community investments, right? It's the help of you as volunteers identifying those, identifying and analyzing those, where then, again, you know, that community investment team goes out and just stewards that voice of the community, stewards the voice of that volunteer back to the nonprofit. Uh, and so there's, there's that piece. I, I have a feeling I know exactly which organizations you're referencing, but just as a little context without naming names, we've identified that one of our partner agencies um, was going to greatly benefit by literally merging with another partner agency uh, so that they have that same kind of overhead infrastructure, uh, but to be able to put out uh, an output for that particular program at a much higher rate because of the cost saving that would have happened between those two organizations. And again, that was done because it was identified by volunteers who are taking the time to look through what our community had to offer. All right, enough complimenting Chris. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's why... It, I thought that's why he called me on here. Compliment Chris and yes. all the work he does. No, that's right. I actually was like, hey, Jesse, you know who we should have on the podcast? <laughs> if it's He's not, like, if it's not how much better my voice is than Jesse, it's yep. about how good of a volunteer I am. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> must be nice to have uh, a salary you can live on uh, so you can donate your time whenever you please. Anyway. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is our listener's cue to donate to our Patreon, which we do have. <laughs> Patreon.com backslash pop for good. Uh, help Jesse, please. Anyway. Um, this is the life I've chosen. This is my fault. Uh, um, hey, Chris, remember when I worked at Bank of Oklahoma for four days? Anyway. Yeah, all right. I do. I do. Yeah. So Chase, like, it sounds like, it sounds like you love the work you do. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about like you've, You've now worked through five campaigns, which kind of works out to five years, I guess. Yeah. Like, why do you keep showing up to work every day? You know, one, one place to do the most good, one place to make the most impact on a, as many lives as possible. That's, that's why I show up to work every day. I, am, I'm, I guess I would say I'm vocal in my passion of youth development. That's probably more of my passion. I worked more direct service with City Year uh, and a little bit there, of course, with Big Brothers Big Sisters, um, both of which would have been in child development and uh, youth development organizations. Um, but I wanted to come over to the United Way because I knew it was a quality organization doing quality and unique things, even within the network of United Ways across um, the world. The Tulsa Area United Way runs a little bit differently than most other United Ways. And so there's that uniqueness factor that, that we have here um, at the Tulsa Area United Way. But it was, I know that youth development isn't uh, going to solve all the world's problems, right? And that's really, I don't think that that's our mission, is to solve all the world's problems. That's a lofty mission. Um, but I also knew that, you know, uh, a 65-year-old individual who's struggling with understanding Medicaid is valuable to our community. And Big Brothers Big Sisters, wasn't that's not who they serve, right? But Life Senior Service can serve those individuals. And so by being here, kind of a, what I see as a linchpin for the community between the for-profit world and the nonprofit world at the United Way, being at that center, um, it's, where I, it's where I wanted to be. And I will say that Chase has been an awesome partner in trying to um, help run a campaign uh, for a for-profit company. Um, and in my experience, I would say that um, this isn't a situation where money is going to United Way that would otherwise go to other nonprofits or that doesn't otherwise go to other nonprofits. With the support we get, I can assure you, we're getting more money donated from our fellow employees than they would likely do on their own. I mean, that's that's just that's just a fact. I mean, having this kind of structure and fun in a campaign is a way to get a lot of money from a lot of people in the community. It would be impossible for every nonprofit to try to do on their own. So it really is a way to get more money from an already generous community to the people that need it 
than we'd otherwise be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Chris. That was very laudatory. Uh, we got to figure out a way to we got to figure out a way to applaud Jesse here somehow. Just, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, no, because like okay, normally either Chris and I already know the guest, or one of us has volunteered for said organization or wants to volunteer. But like Chris is very, very in the United Way, and it's not something I've had the chance to do because I don't, I don't. One, I'm either working with nonprofits who aren't United Way partners, or two, I don't work at a place that has a United Way tie-in. So he has and has done way more around the United Way than certainly I have, and so like. He deserves these plaudits, and I <laughs> Thank you. I respect I respect the amount of work and time he puts into this because uh, yeah. he doesn't have to do this. He wants to, and that's yeah. that's, that's a beautiful thing. And we both have relationships to you in uh, very different ways. Yes, <laughs> and and so there there are there are plenty of Pot for Good episodes where people talk about how great I am, and I, I shout oh, those great. out um, because <laughs> no one no one wants to hear that. So that's yeah. that's not what's going to bring in the listenership. I do work for an organization, Bank of Oklahoma, that um, does provide me with the the time and resources and leeway to be able to do this. I mean, they um, provide the time so that I can go volunteer. They um, provide extra resources so that we can run these campaigns. So I do appreciate. I know that I... Um, I'm very privileged to work for an organization that allows me to be able to volunteer the way I do for the United Way. And I know a lot of organizations don't have that ability. So I feel like I need to do what I can with those resources I have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of to, to your point, you're, you're entirely correct. And I think there's just so many beacons of organizations in town that are, you know, we talk about Tulsa being America's most generous city. We can't, we don't get to claim that title without leadership at many of our organizations, huge corporate organizations, medium-sized organizations, small businesses here in town, without leaders who can turn around and say, you know what, a, a day of volunteering in the fall uh, with the United Way Day of Caring is worthwhile for my business, for my employees, for my community, and we're going to prize and respect that uh, and, and get those folks out there. 20, you know, over 2,000 individuals on, on Friday uh, out helping the community. And those 2,000 individuals w- went to work on Friday, but they came to work for the community. So yeah. when you're not uh, trying to pry money away from uh, greedy corporations <laughs> to help the community, uh, what, what, what do you like to do for, uh, fun and, and, uh, relaxation? I tell you what, Chris, I, uh, I must, I must be getting old here. I, uh, I've been playing a lot of disc golf. I've been playing a lot of disc golf there. And on, th- this is Love the, it. this is the weakest story ever. I strained my thigh playing disc golf on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh. Listen, we won't complain. We injure ourselves sleeping, so we're not gonna we're not gonna make fun of it. Yeah, like, I get fucking, I get leg, I, I get woken up by leg cramps. I'm like, I'm I'm sleeping. <laughs> so, kids, if you're listening, enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy what you, you can. Absolutely, it's hip. it's a disc golf. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I've been at where I live now. There's a large park, and I've been walking around there at night and there's a huge like congregation of people playing pickleball which i know is a sport of originally adopted by like older people because you don't have to move around as much but it's all young people playing and i'm like i'm in for this so (laughs) it's just like it's like supersized ping pong and i'm like all right like you know they're sweating they're just like moving one or two steps left to the right and i'm like i can do that i like the sound of that yeah Pickleball, yeah, I mean, it it's fastest growing sport in the United States, right? I, I mean, know. it's just, it's everywhere. It's easy to learn. It's fun. It's exciting. You get a little bit of movement. Yeah. Chase, thank you for talking with us today. Yeah, I, listeners, there was a funny joke I we had to cut out earlier, but just know, one, Chris and I both are huge fans of Chase and the work the United Way does, and so we thank you for taking the time. He's still at work, because that's how nonprofits work. Uh, in your office till 7 p.m. on Mondays. Um, I remember that well. 
Um, but thank you for taking the time. Um, go Packers, etc. Thank you. Go Pack, go. Hey, thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for what you guys do for the community for Tulsa. If you're like me, you might hear estate planning and go, ugh, gross. You might think to yourself, I'm not sure why I'd bother with that. Estate planning is only for the uber rich. Tallgrass begs to differ. Tallgrass founding attorneys Laurel and Riley think everyone should have an estate plan. They know estate planning seems untouchable to a lot of folks, like something you have to do inside a stuffy law firm of stuffy McLawyer Pants Esquire. But I promise you, Tallgrass is nothing like that. For one, they work out of their home so their clients can feel at home. They obsess, because they're nerds, over making clients feel like they belong and are supposed to be there. Also, their kids might make an appearance. They will take time to answer all of your questions, even the uncomfortable ones. They will work relentlessly to make sure your plan's exactly what you need to feel secure and at peace. So if you've been putting off planning for what's going to happen after you've gone, it's time for you to give Tallgrass a call at 918-770-8940 and start your plan today. Or visit their website at tallgrassestateplanning.com and schedule a free initial consultation. For free! It's right there on the website. And of course, there's more, because this is a podcast ad. If you tell them you're a Pod for Good listener, they're going to take 25% off their service fees. Just tell them Pod for Good sent you. Stop thinking estate planning isn't for you and give Tallgrass a call today at 918-770-8940 or on their website, which I'm not going to read out to you again. It's in our show notes. Thank you, Tallgrass. Thank you all for listening to our episode with Chase. Him and the NI Wade do great work. Uh, if you work for a place that is you know, partnered with them, either as volunteers or as far as money goes, like help them out, volunteer, do all the stuff. They're great. Tulsa would not be the great city it is trying to be without them. So, But enough about them. Make sure to like Pod for Good on Facebook and Instagram. Please subscribe and, you know, do the things like downloading and leaving us a review because we will read it on air if we ever get another review. So, as as always, Tulsa, get it done. Broken Arrow, get your shit together. Thanks for listening.